You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 285. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. So, David, uh, it is, uh, I'm in my second week now with the new iMac. Mm -hmm. And when we left off, we were I was spending a lot of time trying to rebuild my iTunes library because yeah. it pretty much nuked. And like I said, I didn't really care about the, the movies or the TV shows because you don't create playlists. I, you can, but I never have. Um, mm -hmm. And that data was still kind of there, but not really. But I, I didn't care because I, I use Plex for that stuff. Uh -huh. What I was mostly concerned about was rebuilding my iTunes music library playlists. Um, even better would be the play counts and ratings, but that's gone forever. Um, I was trying software as we were talking on the show, and I decided I'll try it afterwards, right? Yeah. Well, I was correct in my fear that the Mac decided to nuke all the playlists on that iPod. It rebuilt one through that software I was using. Yeah. And when it was done with that, iTunes at that point had decided, ah, look, here's an iPod. I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to go ahead and nuke the whole thing and get rid of all these playlists that I don't have in my system. So he must not want them on his iPod either. And it's all gone. I was no dialogue, sure it, by the way, yeah, none. I was sure it asked you a dialogue before, but I mean, let's face it, I've never been in that exact position. So, so at this point, I'm one. kind of SOL, really. I mean, yeah. it's it's gone. I just gotta suck it up and deal with it, Buttercup. Nothing yeah. I can do. So I've resigned myself to the fact that all my playlists are gone. In some respects, though, there's. There's a little bit of freedom in that, you, and you get to rebuild something. Yeah, you do, but there's also um, a, a time cost in rebuilding that, and you know you've kind of you've thrown away all the time you spent crafting those previous playlists, and uh, now you've got to do it again. Now, for for a lot of people listening, they'll be going, <laughs> you know, who cares? I mean, it's a playlist. What's the big deal? But uh, and and most of us who probably just you know create the old playlist every now and again, um, I they it's not it's not a bit it isn't a big deal, you know. But other people will spend a lot of time crafting a playlist, and you know, kind of like in the old days when we used to do mixtapes. And you, well, that's you, what I was going to get at too. That, yeah, that's you, would, a, you carefully think about that's what exactly content right. goes into that. Then that's a that's a pain <laughs> to lose that because well, that's. That's work. That's most work. That's effort. most of my playlists were. Uh, this is a seven, and there was nothing special about that designation. It was just that was the next one I created, and it was just the songs that I had downloaded that I enjoyed over the last six months or something like that. Or yeah. it would be this is my Def Leppard playlist, right? These are my favorite Def Leppard songs. It's not a best of, but it it's my best of, if you will. And so those aren't very difficult to recreate, to be honest. Although, here's the last six months' worth of songs that I like is because in iTunes, the import date, the modification dates are all the freaking same now, so I have no idea what's what. So there were some playlists, three in particular, that I, I really didn't listen to all that often, but 
there were very curated playlists. Um, four, let me say four. Three of them were playlists that I created, that I recreated from mixtapes that my Uncle Pat made me way back in the early to mid 80s uh, that I got for Christmas. And I ran across these tapes a few years ago and I played them on my 80s boombox just to get the songs. Yeah. And I wrote them down and I had most of those songs already in MP3 format on my computer. There's a few that I didn't, but I recreated those mixtapes as a playlist. And the only thing that that was synced with was that iPod. It wasn't even on my iPhone. But at any time, if I was feeling nostalgic, I could sync that playlist and I'm good to go. And it was kind of neat to hear those songs in that order because it was, I grew up listening to those mixtapes. Yeah. One of them I got, like, you remember the song Rock Me Amadeus? Yeah. I had yeah, that Fal- song, Falco. Falco. I had that song in a playlist a year before anybody in the United States had ever, ever heard that song. It eventually made it to the radio, and, of course, it was played to death, and everyone ended up hating that song. But all my friends heard that song a year before anybody else did because I had this playlist that Uncle Pat made me that I, I it was awesome. I had stuff on there that deep cuts from groups everyone knew, but they had never heard these songs. Because remember back in the day, Yes, they released singles, but they also released like 12 inch remixes of songs. That's right. With previously unreleased music. And my Uncle Pat and my Uncle Ken were huge music collectors. So they had all this stuff. So they would make me, instead of going out and buying a present, there was a few years there, every year in a row, I would get a new mixtape. And it was one of my favorite presents as a teenager because, you know, it, it, it's new music, stuff that I don't know, and I dug almost all of it. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, in today's world of streamed music, Spotify and Apple Music and everything, maybe a, a lot of younger people have kind of lost that because they can get anything they want whenever they want. But, um, you know, back in back before streaming music was a thing, kind of music discovery was, it, to me, was always part of the joy of music. Yeah, absolutely. Finding something, you know, particularly if somebody played a song that you'd never heard before and you liked and then you would go and you'd try and find albums or singles by that same artist and you know discover whether you like that style of music or not and if you did you know that was that opened up a whole you know hours of entertainment when yeah, you listen to a whole brand new, new genre from, and yeah exactly. oh, it was great and that sort of thing and and of course you know in some ways you've lost kind of lost lost some of that nowadays i i guess you but people don't listen to albums like like they used to anymore. So they don't, um, and I don't either. But and and I get it. I do yeah. because let's be honest. Back in the day when an artist had to release an album, and it's still kind of this way in in most respects for at least the major artists. There was three good songs on there at the most, and the rest is really just filler. It's the contractually obligated to produce an album every two years. And I don't care how good of an artist you are, you're not gonna you're not gonna hit it out of the ballpark each and every time. Very few albums were fantastic from start to finish. I, I can only name a few where I liked every single song. Michael Jackson's Thriller was a mm-hmm. brilliant album. I, I, I can't stand Michael Jackson anymore. And yes, it's because of the allegations and yeah. whatever. I, I, I can't listen to his stuff anymore with the same 
passion that I used to have for that kind of music because, you know, it's it's kind of spoiled for me. Um, Princess Purple Rain, um, Duran Duran Arena, which was a live album, uh, Def Leppard, Hysteria, mm-hmm. and Pyromania. Um, but there's only a few of those albums. So, yeah, you, you, but here's the thing. The ones that weren't full of a whole bunch of great hits... They might have one or two other songs that's never going to make it big. It's never going to be mainstream, yeah. but you really connect with that song. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that's what it. you're missing nowadays. Some, sometimes, yeah, that, that's exactly right. There would be <clears> songs which, for, for one reason or another, never got released as a single. Right. Because the, al- the, com- the music company, when they hear the album, they basically pick the songs they're going to be exactly. in single, yeah. single releases, and those are the ones they're going to promote. Um, and yeah, very often, you're absolutely right. Even if an album had some kind of fair to middling songs on there, you'd often find one song, particularly near the, on, on the B-side. I, it was, for me, it was always like halfway through the B-side. You find that one song where you think, yeah. I really dig this song. Wow, really, this is a really good one. It. Yeah. Sounds totally fun. different from the rest of the album. It's, it's yeah. like, wow, we're, and, and that's the song that makes you a, it's not the popular song that made you the fan of the artist. It's that yeah. deep cut. That yeah. nobody else really knows about. That's and, the and one. S- and sometimes, you know, one of the one of the rarest pleasures is is when you go and see an artist live, and then they play that song, and yeah. you realise it's because the guys who wrote and performed that song is one they really love, even if the music company didn't agree with them. Right. Um, and that, you know, and that's kind of you know, then you, f- you feel like well, it's just a special thing between us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's it's a whole way of enjoying music that I agree with you is, is probably lost now. However, yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way we discover music has gone. That that doesn't mean our way was better than the way it is now. Cause for instance, my daughter Brooke is way into music right now. And that's, it's between Julie and I, she's always been exposed to music. And so is Cole, by the way, he, he yeah. loves music. I've got video of him, at three years old singing songs. I mean, yeah. uh, I've got one of him at five singing, we are the champions or something like that. Um, she discovers new music through stuff like YouTube or, you know, she'll, she'll hear a song and she'll find that on YouTube and watch the video and listen to it. And then she'll find a, a link of related things and she'll yeah. listen to that, and then there'll be another related thing, and then she'll discover something new. And it's not, you know, top of the charts type of thing. It's, you know, it's it's the kind of like a deep cut. So they still have that. But I think you have to work at it a little harder now because there's so much of it out there. And stuff like yeah. Spotify and Pandora are are not ideal i don't think to to discover new music it's more like a radio station playing the hits it is because if you go if you search for an artist say say you hear a song by an artist on spotify you go to the artist's page and the first thing you presented with is the most streamed tracks and those will be the stuff that people heard on the radio exactly um and in fact you actually kind of sometimes have to work quite hard to get past all that to get to the albums and then start listening to the albums or some of the other things they've done um and uh and yeah it's it's i it it's 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 not as quite as bad as iTunes, but it's nearly as bad as iTunes in terms of the discoverability that you get from the interface. I've never thought is particularly great. No, I agree with you. 
but I don't know any other way of doing it right now. I don't know Not. of any. And, and look, it wasn't easy. Let's be honest, Dave. It's probably easier now to discover new music than it was when we were younger in the 80s. Oh, yeah. At least you've got somewhere to go. I mean, right. back then you had to, if you didn't hear it on the radio or you didn't watch it on MTV, you had to go to record stores and drop money down to try different artists. Yeah. And now it's all lithograms and stuff like that that is presenting you with these, oh, you might like this. And that works to a certain extent, and I found new stuff that way. Um, but when you went into the record store, there's that guy or that woman who you've talked to a couple dozen times when you're buying music. And she kind of, or he kind of knows the kind of music you dig. And because she's surrounded by music all day long as part of her job, she's heard a new track that from a new artist that she thinks you might like. Hey, yeah. haven't seen you since last week. I, yeah. I got something you should listen to and pulls it out and plays it in the store. That was a, that's gone. That's, I, and you're, and you weren't getting that in the big Sam Goody type of music stores either. It was always the independent smaller stores that you would get that yeah. kind of, but when you yeah. found a new artist like that, you, you really started liking that person at the music store. You had a connection because they understood you. They understood what you liked, you know? Yeah. And, and of course that's gone because the music stores are gone. That was my point that yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. That yeah. that's completely gone. And I think that's unfortunate in some respects. It is. I guess, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, really. I, I, I'm, you know, things change, but, but music still goes on. I mean, for years, um, from the rise of the CD, people were, were predicting the death of, of the music industry, and it's yeah. not happened yet. Um, I th well, it's, I, think, it's, I think there's less money in the music industry. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's, <laughs> it's not as lucrative as it used to yeah. be. But here's the thing. And, and most people my age, our age, and older tend to disagree with me on this. And I, But I don't care. The level of different types of music in the 80s, all these different genres, and some of them combining to make something entirely new again, um, was kind of unparalleled. Yeah. Unt and, and the level of really great music was unparalleled. I don't think the 80, the, the nineties had it. I know the seventies didn't, uh, the sixty did, did to some extent, but that decade started out terrible when it came to music. It got better three quarters of the way through and that continued a little bit into the seventies and then sputtered out. It fired up yeah. again in the early to mid eighties. And then that sputtered out in the, at the end of the eighties. And then we just had boring stuff for a while. Good music. Some of it, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting everything that came out in the nineties and the two thousands, but the level of creativity and experimentation, just, it wasn't there. It just kind of became more corporate and stale and safe. I think and, I think what happened is um, in the uh, certainly in the early eighties we we're looking at the the rise of the synthesizer the rise of um, you know different different ways of editing and making music and 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 hip -hop distribution as well. distribution yeah. because the artists at that point they could make an album and distribute it themselves on a cassette yeah now the audio quality was not great but they could do it. And so you were discovering this new stuff 
through almost underground channels, and all of that went away. It, it did, and it, and it's it's come back, and I you know that's exactly what I was getting at. So there are artists today. I mean, look at some one of the biggest artists on the planet today is Justin Bieber, and Justin Bieber he came out of YouTube. Yeah, it's and from from his talent and his recordings and everything being played on YouTube yep. were what allowed him to become a big music star. And let's be honest, you and I hate Justin Bieber. His well, music, he, it's not for us. I, I have to say. I have to say he's become more credible over the last couple of years than than I ever thought he ever was. But I, I yeah, it's not it's not my it's not my thing. Um, it's not mine either, but it's not meant to be our thing. No, no, exactly. <laughs> it's the, not. The point is is I what I what I would never want to be is one of those old guys that we used to have to suffer who said, Oh, that, that modern stuff you listen to is crap. Right. I don't want to be that guy. So, well, I am not you know, that guy and, and yeah. what I was getting at was the stuff that's been coming out for the last I would venture to say, look, this is the second to the last day of 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff that started probably in 2009 onward has been yeah. some of the best music made. Mm-hmm. There's some new stuff out there that blows my mind. It's so good. Over multiple genres of types of music and... Combine that with some of these people who remix stuff uh, for nonprofit, just, you know, non-advertising stuff on YouTube where they take popular stuff and they remix it. And it's just some really good music out there. Now, I know maybe even the majority of our listeners right now are going, "Ugh, the new music nowadays sucks. Expand your horizons a little bit. You know, how many times do you have to listen to that Bruce Springsteen album? I know I, you love Bruce. I yeah. get it. He's got some good music. He's not even in my top 50. I like Bruce Springsteen. He's all right. But he, his stuff never really spoke to me. I always thought it was kind of corny. But whatever. Whatever floats your boat is fine with me. I don't care. As long as I, yeah. you know, I'm not forced to sit there and listen to what you like all the time. But give this new stuff a chance. If you haven't really explored some of this new music that's out there it's so creative these these young people and old people are creating some really great music right now so i am not one of those guys david i'm not one of those curmudgeons ah, it was better in my day well i've got nostalgia for the stuff in my day um i personally like most of the stuff from my day better but that's only because i've lived with it my whole life and it and it was it came to me when i was very impressionable Absolutely. I mean, it's what you see. But, uh, you know, yeah, give Ariana Grande a try. You may be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, there's all, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Like one of the biggest groups in the world right now is, uh, oh, they did the Suicide Squad song. What's the name of that band? Uh, 21 Pilots. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they're like one of the biggest bands in the world. They're probably going to win all kinds of awards, this next music thing. Yeah. Um, a year ago, I, I wouldn't have given them a chance. I, eh, it's not my thing. Yeah. But Brooke yeah. likes them. So I was putting some of their music on my iPhone to listen in the morning, taking her to the bus stop. Some really good stuff. Yeah. And the deeper I kind of delved into their stuff, the more I dug it. And and they they are one of those bands as well who, I mean, they are very experimental. Everything they do sounds different. Yes. They don't really have a sound. They have... Their sound is not making everything sound the same. I mean, they, they're doing all sorts of different, 
different stuff yeah um you know while still being creative while still having a theme i mean the the blurry face album is at, actually has a theme all the way through it even though all the songs sound different yeah um you know yeah they're a very very interesting band and, and certainly not dull by any stretch of the imagination no and there's a lot of bands like that nowadays that <laughs> i listen to a song and i think oh i i, I kind of like that and then yeah. i explore it some more and brooke will introduce me to stuff i'll introduce her to stuff I'll start playing something here in my office and she'll come in like, Oh, I can't believe you're listening to this. Well, yeah. Why? It's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dad, but that's, that's my generation of music. Uh, well, yes and no. I, I like music. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be that curmudgeon. Like you said, David, it's, yeah. it's no fun. Why? Why limit it yourself? Expand your horizons. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. So obviously we're, ending this year kind of on a high note rather than lambasting all the bad things that happened in 2016. And there was some horrific, horrifically bad things that happened this year. Um, yeah. it, to me, I personally, this has been the, the worst year in my personal history. Um, you know, we lost some people that were celebrities that were important to me. You know, we're, I we're, we're we're at that age where yeah. the people we grew up with are starting to die off, and it's it's hard to cope with. Yeah, we lost Prince, we lost Bowie. Um, since the last time we did a podcast, we last we lost George Michael, uh, Carrie Fisher. I yep. mean, it, it, you know, we, we've never really masked our political opinions on this show, but we had uh, Brexit and Trump. Yep. I mean, mm. for David and I, this has been just a, a crap year. Will for a twice, lot of people, for a lot of people. Uh, and and um, you know, I think I think even people who are Trump supporters are uh, intrigued to see how the president uh, how the president's campaign will develop. Yeah. Going forward, so you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. But should we let's let's take a break before we move into sure? Because I've just got something I need to deal with here. We'll be right back. This is Mark Chappell of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, nope, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better riders? Well, that goes without saying no. I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an apple-related show. So why not, how do you like those apples? Catchy. But does it essentially sum up what an apple show should be about? All right. How about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie. Oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more apple-related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast number 285. Uh, love to get feedback from you. Uh, BJ... We we did get yours. <laughs> this is really long, man. Uh, you got it, dude. I, you've got some great points in there. I would love to share it, but it's so long. You you got to just start recording some audio and sending it to us. Yep. 
I mean, you've got great points. I want to share it with the world. I, I'm not going to read a three-chapter book. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's got to send it in, man. Got to send audio. Dude, it's easy. Go to your iPhone. Go to voice memo. Hit record. Speak. <laughs> and then when you're done... There's a little share button. You can email it directly to us, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Is it as easy as typing up? Yeah, but maybe not for some people. And maybe you don't want to share your voice, but dude, trust me, it, it, it'll be more powerful on the show if it's your voice and we could just drop it in and comment on it. Yeah. It, it It's just too long, man. I, I, I can't, too long I, to read, yeah. Yeah, it's I too mean, long I'm, to read. Alternatively, if you want to kind of just... Um, you know, say what you want to say, but then condense it up to the key points so we know kind of what what the key points were, and then we can talk about those. Yeah. Well, John Nemo sent one in as well, uh, yeah. reviews editor at MyMac, and he says um, he uses a program called, what is it? I didn't put the name. Sanuti. Up. Sanuti, which is iTunes backwards. Now, I, I remember that. I had no idea it was still going, mm -mm. to be honest. Um, but it has been updated for um, Sierra, so, yeah, they're... Uh, they're working away at it, and uh, yeah, apparently it does the job. Unfortunately, uh, iTunes want your iPod. So. <laughs> Too late for me. Yeah. You're supposed to use your psychic powers and let me know that before I do it, John. <laughs> yeah. Before you heard him talk about it on the show. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. when you needed to send it. Yeah. So but, um, yeah, I I did some stuff. You were talking about playlists before. Now I did some stuff with playlists the other day with Alexander. Um, he was asked to do a playlist for a Hanukkah party we were going to at the synagogue. And um, they've, this was quite an experiment for them. They'd never had somebody do kind of music before. So I helped him a little bit in terms of, you know, I said, look, let's not use their speaker system because I know how bad it is and how hard it was going to be to connect into it. I said, we'll bring our own speakers. I had a big speaker set we could bring. I said, we'll put everything on an iPad. We'll, you know, bring all our stuff. He said, you just give me the list of songs you want and I'll pull them all together onto the iPad for you and then we'll figure out how to play them. And what we ended up using was a piece of software called DJ2 for uh, for the iPad. It also, it also works on the iPhone um, from a company called Algorithm. And I, I've I've heard of these types of programs. I've never used one before. I have to say, the and everyone I showed it to as well, because everyone was coming over saying, how are you doing this music and everything? This thing blew me away. So explain it's it. A it's a complete DJ deck built into the iPad. You get uh, with a with a, a skeuomorphic interface, so you get two two uh, turntables. Every track you put on uh, looks like it appears on the turntable. You can stop the turntables. You can scratch them. You can move through the tracks if you want. Um, but the best thing about it is if you have no interest in being a, a real DJ and doing you know proper beat match mixes or anything, you basically you just put your songs in a list, hit auto mix and press play and off you go and what it will do is it will cut over from each song automatically um, as you get near the end of one song then the next one comes on um, and it just cuts over seamlessly so you get a, a proper DJ style mix for all your songs huh. uh, and you know if you want to go back to a song or you want to kind of uh, replay a song or anything it's super easy to do it could not be more simple but the thing is the power of it if you wanted to you know, experiment with beat matching and proper DJ mixing and everything. This will do it all. It's amazing. And it, it was it was cheap. It was super cheap. It was a couple of bucks. 
it really was very, very cool. And everybody who came over, because they, they really enjoyed the playlist, they enjoyed the music that Alexander selected. Um, we were able to fade it in and out when people wanted to talk and do other things. But if people were coming over, they really liked the music, and then they were seeing the setup we had with the iPad sat in front of the speakers, and they were going, oh, how does this work? And everybody was super impressed with it. It was really, really cool. cool. So if you have any interest in music, for parties or anything don't just stick an itunes playlist on get one of these programs there's four or five on the app store and they're all they all they're all pretty good have a play around them because this is really really good stuff that's kind of cool to know it'd be fun to play with even it is i mean just take a look we'll put a link in the show notes. just take a look at the, at the website and just see the interface i mean if you've if you've ever seen even if like in a hollywood movie or anything you've seen how a dj works you'll recognize this straight away but it's really really um it's really easy very intuitive to use um and and really i mean it was it was amazing it was get people were so impressed they felt like we were getting professional results you know that's pretty cool it was very cool i have to yeah. check that out that'd be fun to do yeah especially at a party or a gathering or something like that Exactly, yeah. And what a um, what a perfect way to get a teenager involved in the in the thing too. Absolutely. And and of course <laughs> this is this is the sort of um thing where if you do want to go exploring music, finding different mixes and everything, this is exactly what you want to use. Because then you would be able to put kind of dance style mixes together and, and the you can record everything you do so you don't have to DJ live if you don't want to. You can kind of build a set with beat matching and mixes and scratches whatever you want record the whole thing and then just play that you know so um you've got every option available to you it's it's really really nice hmm. well we do want to thank our sponsor this week maxsales.com uh you know david on my imac that i got from maxsales.com it doesn't come with a dvd or heaven forbid because this doesn't come out of any apple product a blu-ray reader or burner yeah. um you can pick these up at maxsales.com so I have an old Samsung DVD reader burner, USB. It works great. I think I spent, I don't even remember how much now, 45 bucks or something years ago. And it's still working. So I don't need one. But if I did, there are some really good options. You can get, you could start at internal and external Blu-ray readers and burners for 49 bucks at maxsales.com. Yeah, the thing about an optical drive is you don't need one until you need one, and then when you need one, you really need it. Yeah. <laughs> no, because what what normally happens is you do something, and then somebody says, you know what, I'd really like a copy of that video or that music, or and you go, fine, no problem, let me email it to you, and they go, no, no, can you give it to me on a on a DVD? Because uh, I'm going to sh- give it to Grandma, and that's all she has. Um, I remember when we. Um, when we did we put some photos together for my father's funeral um the funeral home the only way they could play um any sort of slideshow or anything in the uh, in the memorial service was as a dvd right so that we had to go out and buy a portable dvd burner and actually burn it to dvd um so it's one of those things it's really good to have around even if you only use it every now and again yeah well i'm i'm looking yeah. on their site they've got a owc mercury pro external um, USB 3.0 uh, for five and a quarter inch Blu-rays, DVDs, and CD writers, and it comes with the ProSoft and Smile disc labeling software, uh, or I'm sorry, ProSoft backup and Smile disc labeling software. It's forty nine dollars, fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean, 
it's kind of a no-brainer. Now, that one's kind of a big one. It's definitely a desktop one. You're not taking it around with you everywhere. But they have a portable one, too, that does six-speed Blu-ray. And see, I don't care about the six-speed. I'm not in a big hurry. If, if it's six or two, or I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but they've got a super slim one <clears throat> for sixty-seven seventy-five. I mean, it's actually kind of slick looking it's a slot loading one you know you put it in and it just kind of sucks the tray that sucks the disc right. in whereas the big one for 50 bucks has the tray that comes out mm-hmm. um i think this is you know <laughs> if you still need blu-ray and you know here's the thing like a lot of people nowadays i don't go out and buy, buy blu-rays david because i i don't want a, a giant disc collection but if there yeah. is a Blu-ray out there that has special features, and I'd really like to see those special features, and it's not part of the digital download, which happens quite often, you do still want to get that content. you got to buy the Blu-ray, but I don't want the disc. I just want to be able to watch it on my computer or my Apple TV or uh, Plex or whatever. You could put that on your Mac with one of these readers. Yeah, so just for, rip it out. Just Hand, rip it. Handbrake, which is the software that does that. It's just been updated to version 1.0. It's yeah, like seven years. Beta, finally, yeah. Um, but it's a great piece of software. makes it very easy to do that. And um, even if you have a, a Mac with uh, an optical drive in it, you know what? Particularly with a laptop, you'd be much better having that taking that optical drive out and putting a holder in there so you can put an SSD in. Yeah. Uh, and then just having the external optical drive for just those odd occasions when you need it is it doesn't make any sense to carry an optical drive with you all no. the time anymore um in a, inside the laptop you'd much be much better use that space and wait for something else and i so, i when i need one i need one now i don't need one oh uh, well i guess i'll just order one and wait a couple days to get it i i need it now there's a the, it, when i have a need i have a need right then so have it on the shelf in your office, yep. and then you know where it is when you need it. I'm I'm seriously considering getting one of these myself because the one I have is just DVD and CD. Yep. It's not Blu-ray. I've got to admit, I, I wasn't even aware that, that even now that Max could play an external Blu-ray. Because, I, I, you know, we all had it drummed into us by... <laughs> By Steve Jobs, that Blu-ray was not something they wanted to do. So Yeah, I bag of hurt, you, I think he called yeah. it. I had no idea you could play Blu-ray on Mac, so that's yep. pretty cool. So I, I think that's a really good option to look, 50 bucks, Or if you want the slim one, you know, 67 75 I'd probably, I don't know. I might save a couple bucks and just get the bigger one because I, I don't need it to be super slim and I'm not going to carry it anywhere. But it's going to take more space. So eh, maybe I might go with the slim one. I don't know. I have to think about it. But this is a great option for those who even occasionally need a Blu-ray player, need a Blu-ray burner. You got to burn a DVD. Uh, you got that one person who is asking for a CD music CD for whatever reason. Maybe you've got an older car. <clears throat> you don't want to use the FM transmitter because it sounds like ass. Um, but you still listen to a lot of music in your car on CD, but you don't have a CD burner. There you go. No problem. So, Thanks to uh, MaxSales.com for sponsoring this episode of TechFan. Check them out at MaxSales.com. And I'll put a link directly to the external Blu-ray players in uh, the show notes at both MyMac.com and TechFanPodcast.com for show 285. Uh, that, that software that you were talking about for the iPad, what's it called again? 
Uh oh, David disappeared on me. I think he had to go take care of something. Yeah, we'll wait for him to come back. See, David's at the uh where where he's at right now, he's got his daughter. And she's watching movies or something in, in a connected room. So occasionally he's got to run in there and, you know, take care of that. And so I'll just continue on. <laughs> I, You know, one of the things that I was thinking about doing for this episode, uh, I think that sound you heard was David dropping off uh, Skype. So I'm going to quit my Skype <clears throat> in case the problem was on my side. And uh, reconnect with him. I think it's, I think it was him. I think his Skype crashed. So I've got Skype back up. I'll wait for him to come back on. It shows that he's not even online right now. I'll wait for him to call me. So one of the things that I was thinking about doing, and I actually started putting a list together, was kind of the top things that David and I talked about here on TechFan in 2016. Oh, look. Here comes a guy named David Cohen coming in. Hello, David Cohen. Hello. Uh oh, you you call me and then that's not me on the mobile. You know what? It was a thing from Pokemon Go, and I never gave it permission to send me any notifications. Permissions, Pokemon <clears throat> sneeze on your permissions for a limited time only. Discover increased first partner Pokemon in the wild and enjoy discounted holiday item packs available in the in-game shop. Are you kidding me? I I specifically told it I do not want notifications. Is I do that with every single application. Is it definitely the Pokemon app, or is it something from iMessage that looks like the Pokemon app? It, it says Pokemon Go, and it has the Pokemon Go logo in it. It's definitely Pokemon Go. It is not uh, an iOS notification. I don't let any app on my phone send me notifications i uh, there's a I, few on my ipad i allow but not on my phone i agree i, I and it, nothing furious me more than picking up my wife's or my son's iphone and finding the notifications area just full of you've you've got more coins in oh, oh my god are you kidding me i hate that so i'm going to notifications and remember i know for a fact i did not ever give it permission i need to clean my screen this is kind of gross uh, let me go down to the P's where Pokemon is. So Pokemon Go. Oops, wrong one. Uh, look, allow notifications is on now. Imagine that. Allow on lock screen. Allow badge app icon sounds showing notification center. I never gave it permission. So somehow Pokemon Go turned itself back on. You know what, though? I don't know if it's just that because I'm looking through a bunch of my other apps and they're all turned on now. So that's off now. Red Laser, you're off. Uh, Shazam, no, that Shazam's off. Photos, I, I think. Why? What do I need? Why would photos need to send me any kind of notification? I Let's see no what idea. else is on. Uh, my Comcast thing, that's on. That's now off. See, like messages, uh, Facebook messages. I leave that on. Because people contact me that way. Messages, regular messages, that's on. Map my ride, that is now off. I could probably just delete that app. As much walking as I do on a daily basis now. Uh, this thing is off. Um, boy, a bunch of them, for some reason, got turned back on. 
And I oh look, games is on. Nope, you're off now. Google Maps, so, I want that on. Friends and f- nope, find friends that was on. Turn that off. Eat Street, now you're off, buddy. Boy, a lot of them, dude. I I don't know how this happened. It's weird. Uh, I'm just looking through my list now, and there's there's quite a lot of things on here I didn't think were on either that have badges on or notifications how, on. How does this? I don't know how this happened. There had to have been an update at some point. Yeah. I didn't. I don't remember reading online about any of this though. No. Downcast. No, you're off, buddy. Dropbox. Yeah, I want Dropbox on. No, I don't. What am I thinking? Get off. <laughs> Uh, FaceTime. Yeah, I want FaceTime because if someone contacts uh, me, I want to know. Drop, Dropbox, you probably do want on. Don't you want to know if if one of one of us in the shared area drops something in? No, not on my phone. Not on your phone, no. No, I do on my computer. I'm not. I'm not working on the podcast on my phone or any of them. I'm. But now some of them, like Mario Run, that's off. Uh oh, you know what? Let's let's talk about Mario Run for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna fire it up because. I sent a thing out to the MyMac staff and the podcasters. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, you can now connect to your friends, and it's pretty easy. And uh, challenge them to races, I guess. I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't see that, no. It, I think it was the last update to Mario Run. And I sent an email out because it allows you to do it, with, um, it within the app. You can mm-hmm. mail it, and it gives your... I guess you call it a friend code or something. Boy, this thing's taking forever to launch. It's probably going to start making a whole bunch of noise. Uh, oh, no, I've got notifications. Oh, what's my notifications on Mario Run? Uh, it's just junky stuff. Okay, so my Nintendo... Nope. If you go into it and there's friends, and it has a friend list, you added mm-hmm. a friend, it says, uh, which is my daughter, Rachel. She's way ahead of me, by the way. Uh, and there's um, invite. And when you click invite, let's see, invite. How does this work? There's a there's like a number that you have to add in. Um, let's see. No, this doesn't give me the number. I got to find that number again. See, I can't get I can't get to the friends thing because it's insisted. God, I hate... Sometimes I really hate Nintendo. I've started up Mario Run, and it's insisted on giving me free tickets for a to- for the Toad Rally, which is a game mode I'm not remotely interested in, and then it forced me to go into Toad Rally and spend the tickets. Ugh. And it won't... It Basically, it won't let me do anything. Until you do that. Until I do that. So, uh, ID search. When you go into it, you click the Add button. It will give you your player number. So, for anybody listening that you want to be friends with me on uh, Mario Run, Super Mario Run, get ready. This is my number. So, add this in, and I'll add you. I don't care. Uh, 2256-2868-1964. So, 2256-2868-1964. You know, I, I do sympathize for Nintendo and having to do that with kind of ugly codes and numbers because obviously Apple doesn't provide any way on iOS to do anything like that. Right. Except that of course it bloody does. <laughs> I've got four friend requests. 
One, oops, let me go back. One from somebody named Jamon, J-A-M-O-N. One from, he's a great guy. One from RT Teacher, R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R. That would be Donnie Yankelo. That's Donnie Yankelo, isn't it? One from Han Solo. If I had to guess, that would be Michael Breed. Right. And one from Major Havoc. Wonder who that could be. Let's be uh, Owen. That would be Owen Rovin, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to. I think you can. You have to approve them one at a time. How stupid. <clears throat> so I'm sitting here approving everybody. Yeah. Han Solo, I approve you. I approve of Han Solo. And Major Havoc, yep. I approve of you. I don't remember what my name is on here. I don't think it even shows me. I, th- I used like oh I I, I use tech fan. <laughs> so let's see. Right now I um pretty much dead last against all my friends. <laughs> uh, my daughter Rachel, she's at eight twenty three. I'm at twenty three, by the way. Major Havoc is at fifty three. So Owen's been playing this more than me. Donnie's at forty five. Uh, Han Solo's at forty four, and Jaman is at twenty seven. So let's, let's, um, uh, what is this? I click the run button and you can enjoy friends rally without using rally tickets. Yeah, I don't care. Go away. Go away. Go away. Three friggin' dialogues. I just want, let me play. Uh, start. So I guess he's 53. I'm 23. Now it's a friendly run. So, okay. It shows him. It says go. And. I'm I'm being much more creative than Owen is. Ah, this is kind of fun. I can see what he's doing. It's kind of like a shadow out thing. Yeah. It's kind of neat. I got a blue store and a coin rush right now, so I think I'm I think I'm going to score more points than Owen. Oh, and then I just got an email from somebody named David Cohen that says, <laughs> "Do you want to be friends in in uh Super Mario Rush. Uh, Owen's ahead of me in this thing, but here's the thing: it doesn't matter uh, your what do you call it the the position of your run. It matters on style or something, which I don't really get. I think yeah. it's kind of silly. So let's see if I beat Owen. I know this is. Super compelling for people listening right now. Podcasting gold. Ugh, it's it's. I'm getting my butt kicked. I think to be honest with you, I've got five, four seconds, three seconds. I keep hitting the little guys that kill you, but they don't actually kill you. Just put you in a bubble. Yeah. All right. So Toad Rally, me and Major Havoc. Uh, It's counting up. Point style, and it's got little guys dancing. Right now, I'm at uh, 90, 100. Uh, keeps going. It looks like Major Havoc's kicking my butt. Finish, and the winner is Major Havoc. He scored 275. I scored 190. I got killed. Too bad, it says. Uh, returns to friend list. So, you sent me a link in the game. Yeah, yeah. I got five friends, goody. Um, let me see. You have not received any friend requests. Well, I could have swore I did because I just got a 
Oh, I, I think I think you have to click on the link in the iMessage, and then it will open up in in Super Mario Run, and then create a friend friend request. Oh, well, let me see if I can do that. Let's see, again, it's so confusing, and after all, Apple actually has Game Center, which is meant to do all this for you. So, I, it stuns me that Nintendo can't use the inbuilt stuff. Uh, so I clicked it, it launches Safari, and then it goes into, it like redirects you to, uh, back to the app, but I still don't see your friend request. Oh, wait a minute, something's happening. No, I don't want to race Donnie. I don't know, it didn't work. It didn't do anything. So, I would give that a 70% success rate. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the show since that was super compelling right there. <laughs> um, I started talking about what when you dropped off. I, you know, I was considering doing the kind of the top things that we talked about in 2016, and halfway through the list, not even halfway, I just decided, hey, you know what? I don't want to do this. Uh, I don't want to have to revisit. Such a cliche thing. Go back and look at the yeah, but there were some things that I think are very positive that we talked about that's going to continue on. I think one of the big things, honestly, is Mac stock. Yeah. Uh, Mac stock 2017. Um, it's going to be different this year for, well, you know, this year, as far as when people actually listen to the show, um, in 2017, guy Searle and I are actually going to do, uh, something together this year. Now he's been on stage twice now at Mac stock to do a presentation, uh, I was on stage twice as well, but I was hosting the round table. I didn't do a, a focus presentation. Um, I, I, I like the, the round table stuff to be honest. And I wanted to do something different this next year. So guy Searle and I are doing the MyMac quiz. It'll be a visual quiz that the entire audience will be involved in. And there'll be real prizes. I'll reach out to some vendors and stuff like that. Uh, to give away stuff at the at the Mac stock, and it, it's just going to be really entertaining. We're going to make people laugh, make you think a little bit, but it's just it's going to be fun. It's not going to be, you're not going to learn crap from the My Mac quiz. You won't. If you learn something, we failed. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like setting yourself a lofty objective. That's, that's right. <laughs> However, somebody else is going to have a, a a talk at Mac stock, which I assume he's already filled out the. Speaker. Uh, request. I haven't filled it out, but uh, I have received the request. Okay, I, uh, I will. I will do that this week. You're going to be that. talking about. I'm going to be talking about the rise of uh, kind of um, the Raspberry Pi and these little micro, you know, kind of home project microcomputers. Uh, and I'm going to. It's going to be fairly hands-on. It's going to have some some demonstrations. I'm going to talk show, talk about some of the capabilities of these devices. And a quick run through some of the you know the the best known um, solutions and what they can do and what you can use them for and really to kind of open that topic up to people who who maybe don't know too much about them. If you want me to bring in my uh, Raspberry Pi with RetroPie, if you haven't done that yourself yet, let me know. I'm happy to do okay, that. Yeah. You could plug that in probably to the projector and. Show yep, people to, classic games right there. That's right. I'm definitely going to have to uh, connect some of these devices to it. And I figure I'm going to have to get some kind of like um, camera going because some of these things are physical. Uh, they like the B the BBC one, the uh, 
the micro bit is a physical device, but you can't really connect it up to a display. So um, I'm going to have to figure out how to well, do that. Well, I have so, a um, – hmm, I've got a couple different switchers. I've got an HDMI four-port KVM. Mm-hmm. I've also got a – with USB. I've also got – not even out of the box yet – a four-port um, USB KVM for um, – what is this? Uh, 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 VGA. Right. Okay. So I've got both of those. So like with the VGA one, you could have up to four different Raspberry. Well, you know what we could do? We could hook up three different Raspberry Pis to that. Yeah. One of them could be like the arcade one. Another one could be whatever. Uh, yeah. And then if we could route a video camera into the other one. So when you switch to that, it would be the video camera with a close-up of the hardware that you're holding. Sure, that yeah, would that, be that cool. could work. Or I'll, I'll I mean, if if that, I'll, I'll I'll have to think. I need to plan out my presentation. But if that becomes too complicated, then what I might do is just pre-record the the hardware bit so that I've got you know video video I can show on screen. That would be good. Um, or even or even if it's just some stock pictures that you can display up exactly. there. Exactly, and you can have that like. A, a slideshow running on a Raspberry Pi. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Yep. That'd so be good. So that's coming up. I believe it's June. Is it June or July? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's mid June. I think mid, it is mid June, twenty seventeen. For those out there listening, it's really worthwhile going. It's this. It's two days. It's Sorry, sat- mid July. Mid July. Yeah. It's 15th, two days. July. It's easy to get there. You just fly into Chicago. You can either rent a car or you can take. And look. If you know someone's going to be there with a car, you can get carpool going. I'm driving in, so I can always pick David up, for instance, at O'Hare if I had to. Although, yeah. honestly, it doesn't cost a whole lot to take an Uber from O'Hare to your hotel. No. And you're going to, you're going to get just the hotel this time at by the venue, right? You're not going to get one in another town and then... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm definitely going to... Um Definitely going to go out to the venue this time, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun event. I hope you guys come, and uh, Dave and I are both going to be there. This is this isn't like an event where there's an audience, and then occasionally on stage you'll see the speakers and stuff. This is not that. This is the speakers and the audience are all together all the time until one of the speakers has to get up on stage and start doing their thing. That's right. So uh, literally, and, if you go during, there, David and I will be sitting right next to you in the audience. During the breaks and during lunch and, and during the evenings, you know, you can meet up with people. You can, you know, sit and talk. We record a lot. As you, if you listened to the show last year, we record a lot of shows while we're there. So um, if you want to be on Tech Fan and you're there, then come and talk to us. We'd love to have you on. Yep. Um, that'd be really cool. There isn't uh, a if, professional type of, you know, segmenting people this is just a bunch of tech people getting together you know uh, surrounded by like-minded people there's no egos here there's there's none of that crap it's just fun it really is it's 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 the highlight for me the last two years i've enjoyed going to this as much as almost any macworld expo the difference being it's just so much smaller thank god yeah Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, but that's a big along. thing. You'd, you'd have a fun. You'd, you'd have a lot of fun. It mm-hmm. was really, really good last year, and I'm, I'm looking forward to participating again. Yep, me too. 
So, David, we should probably wrap this episode of Tech Fan up, unless you've got something else we should talk about before we do. I don't think I've got anything that can't wait till next week. So, um, yeah, that'll be fine. Good. We didn't become curmudgeons this episode. I, no, I listened good. to the last couple. I, I was a little down on a lot of things the last few episodes. I, I don't want people to get the impression that I'm always rah, 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 railing against something. I'm usually not. So yeah, we've we've had some disappointments this year. I think I think generally as a year, 2016 has been a bit of a write off for a lot of people. Um, you know, we've had some tech disappointments as well. But let's uh, hope 2017 is a better year. I'm I'm optimistic about 2017. I really am. I you know Brexit, Trump, yeah. all that kind of thing. That's sticking around. That's yeah, there's good in the world too, and maybe both of those things will be good. I don't know. We don't know. So right. I, I'm going into 2017 with a completely open mind. Um, I think we're going to get some some new tech in this coming year. Old tech isn't they, uh, going anywhere. I'm still playing my RetroPie all the time. In fact, I've got it running right now, David, with yeah. a Atari 2600 homebrew game that is probably one of the best ports I've ever seen called Ladybug. There's an arcade machine called Ladybug. I remember it's, it. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. You, you, it's a maze. You go through these little traps to lock the bugs away from you. It's it's kind of like Pac-Man, but not quite. Um, they never made an Atari 2600 version of this game. I downloaded, somebody made one. I downloaded it, put on my RetroPie. It's brilliant. It's almost, look, it's, the graphics aren't quite as good as the arcade, obviously. But it's brilliant. The gameplay is exactly the same. The mazes, it, it's it's Ladybug, no question about it. I, I'm so impressed with this. Uh, there's another one that I downloaded, we talked about before, called Halo 2600. The guy who made Halo, the original, um, he made an Atari 2600 game called uh, Halo 2600. That's really cool. And somebody else made a uh, an actual arcade Pac-Man for the Atari 26. Can you remember the, the Pac-Man for the Atari 600 was horrible? I loved it in the day because it was... Yeah, it was, it was written it about was bad. three weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. So, uh, and it flickered. It gave people seizures. It was not a good uh, game. And the, the Ms. Pac-Man that came afterwards was much, much better for yes. the 2600. So yep. it but can be done. There's homebrew stuff uh, that, you know, old stuff that we're, I'm playing now that... It's going to continue into 2017. David and I, of course, will talk about stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to the new year, David. Too. I'm. I'm want to see what um, augmented reality and virtual reality does this year. Um, I'm really interested think, in that in the one for the PS4. I really am. It's yeah, sold out, yeah. and it's like 300, 400 bucks. So yeah. I'm not picking that up anytime soon. But eventually, uh, I will. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. Obviously, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, Apple will move move beyond what's been uh, a lackluster year and improve things next year as well. So we'll see what's going on there. There'll be, I'm sure, new versions of um, Android coming out and that sort ten of thing. Year, so, ten year anniversary of iPhone. Will they make something special? I don't know. Some people are like, of course not. Other people are like, well, yeah, of course. I, I don't know. I didn't get an yes. iPhone 7 Plus this year. I'm still running the original six plus. I'm not. I didn't even go to you know the six S plus. I just. I, I now at this point I've skipped two generations of iPhones, and I really kind of want a new iPhone. But I at this point I think I'm going to hold out for the iPhone eight unless they go with the seven S this time. I don't know, but a lot of it's, it's intriguing. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this year. So happy happy New Year, David. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, and uh, speak to you in the New Year. And Happy New Year to everyone listening, and please send your feedback in, the show at techfanpodcast.com. 
Um, you can do an audio hint, Brandon or BJ hint. Um, <laughs> you can also simply leave a comment in the show notes at either mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com. This is show 285, so if you can leave the comments in the show where you're kind of discussing what we talked about, that's helpful. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, we're going to take a hiatus. We're not going to be back until uh, uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. that's, you know, two days away, so <laughs> not much of a hiatus. I will see you next year, my friend. See you then.